Bible nearby. Let's turn together to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. Thanks to the band for uh, setting the stage for this evening. and Not really setting the stage, that's the wrong way to say it. But uh, I believe they got the ball rolling in the right direction for us, for sure. Um, tonight is has become a tradition at the ring. Um, it was dubbed Brag on Jesus Night a couple of years ago, mostly because we're not very creative in naming things. Uh, we just call it what it is, and that's kind of what it's become. Uh, several years ago, we just picked the last Sunday night of the year and just kind of opened up the mic and said, who wants to come up and just give a testimony about what God has done in your life in the, in the past year? Some things that maybe, maybe everybody doesn't know, some things that that you just really want to come up and just give God credit for doing something in, in your life that only He could do. And it, it really became just such an encouraging time uh, as a way, I believe, of connecting us to the Lord and to one another in some very special ways. And so um, I just want to kind of uh, establish a tone and just kind of point scripturally where these types of things come from. In Joshua 4... Uh, let me a little bit of context. Uh, Moses has led the Israelites out of slavery. Uh, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, many of them had passed away. Uh, Moses had also passed away, and God was bringing them to the promised land, and Joshua was the leader. And so the book of Joshua picks up with that transfer of leadership from Moses to Joshua. And God was going to bring them into the promised land, but as you probably know, there were people living all through this land. And so what God was going to do was He was going to systematically lead the Israelites into battle against these different people that were inhabiting this land. And He was going to take this, this group, this relatively small nation, who they were not fighters. They had been enslaved for 400 years they, they weren't warriors. He was going to take them, put them into situations of battle, and then God was going to fight the battle for them. And he would empower them, and he was going to systematically hand over the land to them because he had promised them that he would do that. And so Joshua, the book of Joshua is, is a lot of the accounts of those different encounters of different kinds of people. And so uh, where we find ourselves is really kind of on the, on the cusp of these battles. And so in chapter 3... Uh, Israel needed to cross the Jordan River in order for this to take place. And so you have this whole nation on one side of a river. The other side of the river is where the battles are about to start, basically. And so they had to get over this river. And so and it's, it's a river, like not a, not a little stream, like a legit river that they had to go through. And so God was setting them up for this miraculous event. And in chapter 3, he's kind of prepping prepping Joshua and prepping the people. And essentially what he's telling them is, is okay, the, the Ark of the Covenant is going to come out and you're, the, the whole nation is going to follow the Ark of the Covenant through the middle of this river. And God tells them through Joshua, he says, look, um, God, the miracle that's about to take place is going to take place 
so that you will have confidence in knowing that whatever lies on the other side of the river, that God, God has it completely controlled. So Joshua kind of gives this speech to the people, and he's like, look, you just need to pay attention to what's about to happen. So God's telling them ahead of time what he's going to do. And the whole purpose is he wants to build their faith and their trust in him. And he says, this is what's going to happen. The, ark, the priests carrying the ark are going to walk out into the, into the river, and then the river's going to stop. And they're going to stand there, and everybody's going to cross on dry land. And then the, when everybody's across, the, they're going to bring the ark through to the other side, and then the water will come back. And so that's exactly what happened. Uh, they walk out with the ark, and the water stops, and everything looks okay. And so they look both ways, and they cross the river, and they get to the other side, and the priests, you know, and everything works out just like God said that it would. And so they got to witness this miracle, and the point of, of sharing the miracle was to build their confidence and their trust. And in, verse, in chapter 4, it says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. The people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. Of course they did. Um, and so... Uh, what we see here, we really see this all throughout the Bible, where when God does something big, He instructs His people to remember it. When He does something huge, He says, you need to do this, and, and it needs to be on purpose. You need to find a way to remember. So we see in 1 Samuel, there's a rock, and they name the rock Ebenezer. Uh, here we have the 12 stones that He says to set up for the tribes of Israel. And it's interesting to me that He does it so that, He says, take these 12 stones, Set them up in a way that's going to make your children ask, what's the point of this? You know, what, why are these stones here? And I don't think it's like Stonehenge type thing, but you know how Stonehenge are all fascinated? Like, this is not an accident. This was on purpose. You know, we always want to know what, how did that happen? Well, God knows that that's how we are. We're curious. And so he says, set these stones up so that when your kids ask questions, you're able to tell them about what I've done. He's all about remembrance, and he's all about it being intentional. He's all about it being on purpose. And so tonight, when people come up and share some of these things that God has done, I think there's a, a, 
a couple of, of uh, goals that we'll have. One of them is, is for God to be glorified in what he's done. Now, that is the ultimate goal behind this, behind any sort of testimony, is, is to brag on Jesus, for him to get the credit and the glory for the things that he has accomplished in our lives. Uh, not that the spotlight would be on us, but that it would be on him. Um, another goal is that I believe it connects us together. You know, when, when members of your family have these victories or these struggles or whatever it is about to be shared, uh, it has a way of bonding us and helping us realize, like, we, when, our, when our family hurts, we all hurt. And, you know, when, when someone in our family has a victory, we all have a victory. And, and so I believe it connects us horizontally as well as vertically. Um, and then that, I think the third big goal is really for us to then look at 2013 with some hope. Because you can't hear stories about God working, doing these, these amazing things and amazing things and amazing things. And sometimes it will be very normal things. Just very, very normal things. But you hear about His activity. And I believe the Spirit of God will, will use the testimonies that happened tonight to breathe hope into those of us who really just need, we just need a win. You know, like you just need to know that, 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 there's, that brighter days are ahead. What better way than to hear other people say, yeah, I was really struggling with this, and then God did something incredible. And so uh, that's, that's the goal for tonight. We glorify God, that we would connect with one another, and that, that he would use these testimonies to bring hope into our lives. And so the ground rules are very, it's very simple. Uh, I need you to be concise. Okay, I know some stories need a 20-minute backstory, but those stories don't need to happen tonight. We don't need to know 20-minute backstory on things. Be concise and make sure that you're pointing to the Lord when you come up here and share, because this is an open mic deal. So there's a lot of faith on my end to say, here's the microphone, uh, come on. And so, uh, like, you know like when you watch the Oscars, if their speeches go too long and the music comes up? So Zap, Zap is ready to uh, cue up some music to hurry you on, and then we'll kind of, maybe like Amateur Night at the Apollo, like Sandman will come out and sweep you off, you know, or something. Uh, some of you have no idea what that is, and that's okay. Um, but this, this is going to be awesome. Uh, and uh, after elder-led prayer, I ask if anybody wanted to come first, and John Summers, as usual, springs into action. So John's going to come. He's going to be our first guy. Uh, And so after John, I would just ask when you come up, introduce yourself. Uh, I already told you his name, so you don't have to tell me your name unless you want to. Everybody else, tell us your name, and then just roll right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, John Summers. I got here in Baton Rouge three years ago. A little more then, but that's a longer story. But three years ago, I got here, and I knew no one. I was completely alone in the city. I didn't know a single person. I had met a few people, but I still didn't know anyone. I was terrified, and I was hurting. I ended up in this church, and God led a few people to shower truth over me. I still didn't know very many people. I met a lot of people, but still didn't know them. I spent a lot of time alone. Through that time and after having a lot of truth poured on me, I came to two prayers. One was that I would meet people, that I would have friends, and that they would just multiply. The other was that God would just pour out his love into me 
and fill me up to the point where I couldn't contain it if I wanted to. That there would be no ability for me at all to contain it. That it would pour out from every seam of my existence into the presence of anyone he brought around me. I continued to meet people. I now know a whole lot of people in this place. I won't be here in the city much longer. And I've gotten to cry over my gratitude for all the people that I know in this place. God was extremely faithful to just continue to hear my prayers. As more and more truth was showered over me, I really didn't hear much because I was still terrified and hurt and alone. But as he brought more and more people into my life, I got to see more and more of what he was doing in his kingdom. Before I got here, I knew that I was destined to be in his kingdom. I knew Christ, and I knew what my destination would be. But I didn't realize that the kingdom was here, and it was now. Over, t- over these last three years, he showed me that I'm in the kingdom right now. I get all the peace and joy and love that he has right here. I, I really can't explain to you how painful life is, but you know it. You know how much hurt there can be and just how incredibly hard it is. But God stood by me through every last bit of it, and he was faithful to answer my prayers. I just had two prayers to start with. I never prayed before that, not once. I never opened my Bible unless the pastor said to lean forward, pull it out of the pew in front of you, and open it. And now I get to live in the kingdom freely and with a lot of joy and peace. And I get to know a lot of people and to love a lot of people and be loved in return. And it's not even something that I share between me and them. The Lord pours it into me, and I get to pour it right back out into other people, and they do the same. It's beautiful. Life's still hard. It still hurts. It's still painful. It still has sadness because we haven't gotten to the ultimate kingdom. But being able to be a part of what he has laid for us here, it's just completely amazing. And I'm so thankful that he listened, not only listened to my prayers, and I'm thankful that he didn't give them to me right away because I wouldn't have appreciated them. Not having them just stored up so much gratitude for when I started meeting people and getting to love on people. I'm very thankful for all the people in the city that allowed God just to pour through them and to love on me. I'm thankful for all the hospitality, and I'm thankful for the people that just completely ignored me. It made me grateful for the ones that didn't. There's, I, I can go on for a very long time, but just please know that God loves you and he is faithful. All right. Who's next? If you've ever been in a small group with me, you know I do not mind awkward silence or stillness at all. So uh, you can just come on up, and if somebody's up here, you can just come get on one of the front rows, and we'll just, we'll just handle it that way. Come on, man. And everybody likes to be clapped for. Yeah, there you go. I'm Thaddeus. Um, I don't go to this church, but... I don't really feel good about sharing in front of all these people I don't know, but I feel like it's kind of wrong for me not to. Um, For the past couple years, I lived in an incredible amount of pain and depression, 
and they just kind of fueled each other. It's just been terrible. I tried everything I possibly could to get over it and, you know, try to change my lifestyle and, you know, try to connect with God and do all those things that you, you know, naturally try to do to get over something like that. But none of it worked. And all, you know, one day God just kind of, you know, while I was praying, he was like, hey, you know, if you really want to be healed and you really want this to go away, you got to be able to see it, you know, like you got to be able to see yourself living better. So at this point, everything gets worse. Um, started school, was doing well, trying to make it work. And um, one day I woke up. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Hitch, but uh, my face looked like that after he ate all the whatchamacallits and such. <laughs> but yeah, so I go to the doctor, you know, hey, what's going on? Doctor sends me directly to the hospital and they put me in a bubble. Like, I really felt like I was on an episode of House. Didn't know what was going on. Um, doctor after doctor coming in, sticking me with stuff, asking me questions and everything. And all uh, it it was just horrible, you know. I thought, I really thought I was going to die. And I had to, you know, think about that for a couple of days. But, um, I don't know. They kept me there for almost a month. And about a week or so after being there, they, you know, let me out. I started getting better, got better than I ever felt in years. And it turned out I had a systemic staph infection. I don't know if any y'all know anything about that. But, um, yeah, like, it just, it was weird. It was a time that really changed my life because I spent all day by myself. And all I was able to really do was read and do homework and such. And I just think it's miraculous just the way, you know, I, I'd done everything I thought I could. And out of nowhere, God puts me in the hospital, you know, makes me think, makes me think I'm going to die and then completely changes my life. And then on top of that, I missed, I missed about a month and a half of college and I still was able to get out with the 3-0. So it's, I don't know, it was just ridiculous. That's about it. All right. Come on down, whoever's next. And if anybody knows, you know you want to, like, come on, just come sit on the front rows and we'll make this faster. There we go. I'm Tim Sutton, also known as King Timby. King Timby the Thoughtful. And God gave me that name one day, and I used it on the internet. But anyway, um, I one thing I do is um, I try. God has blessed me with miracles in my life and reasons to believe and to have faith and to be converted. And I've been converted, and I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, and I thank him for that every day in my prayers. And um, what I do is the things, the miracles that have occurred to me, I keep like a calendar of miracles like, and I remember the days that the miracles happened, and um, 
December usually I haven't had a like a miracle miracle in December, so I just remember the winter that I was homeless and living in a taxi cab and uh God protected me and I didn't get robbed and the company didn't find out that I was living in the cab luckily cuz they probably would have fired me and um I kept it a secret and I kept the cab perfectly clean and there's a whole thing about that but um in January coming up I'm going to remember the miracle of the car which is in 1983, I was living on the West Bank of uh, Jefferson Parish in next to Orleans Parish, and I was working on the East Bank, and my car broke down, and I had three cars. I had a, a 76 Granada, a 69 Delta 98, and a 76 Chevy Monza, and all three of the cars were broken down, and I had to take two buses and a streetcar to get to work every day, and the schedules were all messed up, and I was being late for work, and I was almost getting fired and all this kind of stuff. So I was praying every day for God to uh, get me a car that I can afford some kind of way. Give me a car that I can afford. So I was at work, and during the lunch break, this guy was reading the classified ads, and he said, oh, look at this. Diamond Dots and Volvo's having a car for sale for 99 cents on Saturday morning. Well, I knew that that was my car. So I called up the uh, dealership, and I said, is this for real? And they said, yeah. And I said, does it run? And they said, yeah, it runs. And I said, can I go out there and sleep out there? And they said, yeah. They said I could go sleep out there. So I had to go to work. So I couldn't get out there until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I had to take another bus and uh, um, two buses to get to where the dealership was. The dealership was on a bus route, so I was lucky. So I went out there, I got out there about 11 o'clock, and nobody was out there. Oh, thank God, thank you. So I said my prayers, and I had a book, Larry Niven's Ring World, I think. It, Larry Niven, I think, wrote that, Ring World. I remember it was Ring World that I read. It was an interesting book. But anyway, God gave me a book to read. And um, all night long, people were, like, pulling over and looking around, and as soon as they'd see me, they'd get back in the car and they'd leave. And they'd say, oh, they, they was there. But by the time the morning came, I was right by the front door. And by the, they were opening up at 9 o'clock in the morning. And um, they had about three or four other people at the side of the lineup behind me. But they weren't going to get it because I was right there by the door. I was militarily defending my position at the door. Nobody was going to get past me at the door. But... This one guy did try it, one trick, though. I went inside, and I paid for the car, and we did the paperwork. With tax, it was 9% tax, so it was $1.08 altogether. I didn't have money for car insurance, so I didn't know what to do about car insurance, but I had to be to work for 10 o'clock at my other job, so I was going to have to drive carefully with no car insurance. And I was praying to God, God, please help me to not get into a wreck with no car insurance, please. And I know, I don't know if it's good to pray to God to help you to not get in a wreck if you don't have car insurance or not, but that's what I did. I felt that I should at least do something, but anyway. Um, so we got to the car, the salesman got in the car and went to go start it up, and it wouldn't start up. And I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm in trouble now. I can't, I'm not going to be able to do anything. 
And uh, but uh, he got the mechanic to uh, open the hood and look at it, and it turned out somebody had. Uh, unloosened the battery cable off of the battery and took the cable off so it wouldn't start up. So they put the cable back on the battery and he started the car up and it started up and it ran and I thanked God and I gave God thanks and praise and I drove it to work with no insurance and I waited till I got paid and I got insurance. I was driving with no insurance for about maybe about a week and a half. And um, the car ran for about six months, and then it blew up. And uh, I kept the key to that car. I've lost the key since I got since um, August of 2005 when I got kicked out the motel room. Um, when I left, when I came here to Baton Rouge during the hurricane, I went through Hurricane Katrina, and that's a whole other story. But um, I went through Hurricane Katrina at the psych ward at East Jefferson General Hospital. That was a lot of fun. But anyway, um, uh, I used to keep the key as a reminder, as another reminder of God's miracles and as an example of uh, his love for me and him taking care of me when I needed him. I had uh, used the car long enough that I got, I sold all three of the other cars, fixed them up and sold them, and I'd gotten a better car than that, and uh, I was okay after that. So anyway, but uh, that's a miracle that I'm going to remember in January is of the 99-cent car. So thank you. All right. Who's next? Who's next? Hey, I'm Martha. I'm not good at this stuff. I didn't expect to get up here at all, but the Lord put it on my heart to um, share a little bit about um, agape love and self-esteem and self-worth that he showed me this year. It's been an, an awesome experience that I went through. I've been a single mom for three years, uh, seven years, single mom of three kids for seven years. I'm so nervous. I hate this crap stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like Cody. Never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> what up, bro? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But anyways, I've been a single mom with three boys for seven years, and I don't normally feel lonely or alone or like God doesn't love me or he abandons me or anything like that, but sometimes my self-worth seems to go down a little bit. Like, I look at my life, and I'm like, hmm, I could do better than this. Mm, if I had this, I could do better than that. If I had this, this would be better. And, but yet, the Lord recently brought me through something that clearly showed me that his love is immaculate compared to what I think I'm worth to him. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, okay, let me calm down again. What's new? Therapist. But anyways, his love is greater than anything that has ever been put on this earth. Honestly, there is nothing on this earth that could ever um, just compare to his love. His love is greater than, I don't know, the earth. I already said that, didn't I? I hate this stuff. <laughs> but anyways, in other words, now today I can look at my life and I can, I can be like, I'm okay where I am, not just because I'm content, because I've never really been discontent, but I'm even more content now because I know how much he really does love me versus anything else that could help me to be better, help me to be better or measure up to this person or measure up to that person or just make things easier for me. Whoop-de-doo. You know what? God makes it easier. 
every single time, and he always will. And he does that for me even more today because of the self-worth that he showed me this year. Have a good day. I know that's not it. That's it. That's all God did in 2012, right there. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm Ro. R-E-A-U-X. Um, I'm actually uh, up here on behalf of uh, somebody else who couldn't be here tonight, uh, a buddy of mine. Just started coming to church uh, as often as he can, I guess just a few months ago. Um, his name's Jimmy Bible, uh, appropriate name for church, I guess. Um, so I just walk around with the Bible all the time at wrestling tournaments because we coach together. Um, but he's been in kind of a rough place, a lot of different uh, decisions that he's made. Um, that's been kind of tough on him. And I told him about tonight, and he said, man, I can't be there. I said, I could relay the message. He said, I'd love that. Um, he's just wanted to really, um, he's very thankful to the Lord for this community. Um, he's felt very welcome from the get-go. People talking to him. Uh, God bless you. Um, people just, just being friendly, just being who you are. Um, and it's definitely cool to see how the Lord has definitely um, developed and continues to develop uh, what we call a community here, um, especially when I, I bring in a friend and he sits by himself. He's like, man, I'm cool. I'll just sit in the back, you know, uh, and he just chills and he he loves you guys. And he's very appreciative uh, to the Lord for for who you are in him, for what the Lord has made you, um, for our pastor who speaks truth to us uh, on a consistent basis um, from Scripture. So. I'm thankful for that. I'm definitely thankful for the Lord, for this community, and, uh, and how it affects so many parts of my life. So that's it. Who's next? This is why I didn't want to come up here, because I knew I was going to cry in front of everybody. It's been an amazing year. Um, God corrects those who love him and those that he loves, and I'm living proof of that. Um, in March, out of the blue... Um, due to some uh, things that weren't exactly lined up with God, I lost my job. And 
had no way. I, I didn't know how I was going to pay bills, provide for my family. Um, I had become really comfortable in the job that I had. Um, and and it uh, just through through my own sin and everything, um, I no longer had it. Um, but God is tremendously faithful. Um, I was out of work for two and a half months, um, and never missed a payment on a, on a bill, um, or anything like that. Um, there was no time that there wasn't food on the table or gas in the car or anything like that. He provided amazingly, um, I mean, things had to be tightened up a little bit, but um, there was not a whole lot of change as far as our ability to to provide or buy things. Um, he just, every time we needed some money, he somehow he put it in my account. <laughs> um, but then uh, two and a half months later, um, I'm checking my email and... I have a message from a recruiter through the uh, LinkedIn website. Um, They had saw my experience in my resume and um, I emailed them and said that I would be interested in the opportunity that they had mentioned in the email. And so I talked a little bit more and it turned out that um, it was for a company in Minneapolis. Regis Hair Salons. <laughs> so um, I end up going up there for, um, well, they originally told me it was going to be about three months is what the contract was going to be. Um, my second day there, and let me back up a little bit. One of the main things that I always try to do is be around for my kids and around for my wife. And that was my greatest fear was that I'd have to yank them out of school and move for a job or I'd have to be on the road, um, not home for weeks at a time or, you know, whatever. And uh, But anyway, my second day in Minneapolis the guy that I was reporting to pulled me over to his desk and he said, turns out you're not going to have to be here for two and a half months. We're actually going to only need you here for three weeks. Um, After that, you will be 100% remote working from your house. I never thought I'd have a job like that. Um... And God has provided that. Um, However, um, as of a week and a half ago, the consulting stuff kind of went away. And uh, Regis has hired me as a permanent employee working 100% remote from the house. Um, And it's all through God that that's possible. Um, A lot of prayer um, within my family, 
and a lot of prayer from a lot of you. But uh, it's I'm an emotional wreck trying to talk about it because I'm still trying to comprehend what he has done in my life this year. But um, I'm done crying, so thank y'all. Hey guys, uh, my name's Yi Wang. So my friends just call me E, like the letter E. <laughs> so it's just easy to remember. Huh? Uh, I found myself a little unprepared, but I'll say this. Oh, I can feel the tension and pressure here, but <laughs> I am doing this for God, for what He's done for me. And for the people I love. So, uh, well, let me start with a brief introduction. I came from China, Shanghai, China. It was a big city, and I was only a child in the family. And uh, when I finished my college study, four years college study from Shanghai Jiaozhen University, I studied abroad, and I chose the RSU because it's a very nice school. And uh, when I got here, I felt myself a bit a stranger in a strange land, surrounded with strange people, and I, <laughs> I, I wasn't very used to it, you know. I feel so lonely, and uh, I can't find my place. But just as a Japanese saying, a man is where he, the room he is in. So I really need to find the room that I am supposed to be. Uh, so there comes, uh, it was like one and a half years ago, and uh, I occasionally went to this wonderful place. At that time, the ring church was at BCM, and uh, I just went there. And uh, there was this, guy, this girl named Jaina, she told me, he just asked me, hey, do you want to go to the beach trip with us? I said, oh, it's fun. I've never been to a beach trip before, so I'll just go. That's where I got a chance to meet all the wonderful people in my life. Josh, Josh, you are one in a million. <laughs> and uh, that's where I got baptized, really. It was, all of a sudden, it was amazing. It was like a so mysterious power that is pushing me to the righteous place. And uh, I just feel like that's the time to move forward. So I got baptized and uh, I got a chance to know a lot of good friends in my life. Chris, Long, Greg, and Andy, Jacob, Chase, Mac, and uh, Melissa. A lot of names. And... Uh, <laughs> So I, I feel so grateful that here, again, I found a second home in Baton Rouge, and here again, I can hear the voice of the angels and the lords, and uh, they told me, this is the time you got your second home in Baton Rouge. This is the time you meet the good people, 
and you're going to live with them. So, you know, I was born, I used to be a, a science aficionado, which means I was so assumed, I was so consumed with this religion called science, you know. I was in physics major for four years, and I studied quantum physics at LSU. So at that time, there was this thought in my mind before I was baptized that, you know, science was the cure to everything. You got this word has a new religion called science, and it's a cure to everything. But that's not the case. That's not it. Just like the very good quotes in the movie Life of Pi, that uh, this little kid was baptized. Before that, her mom, uh, his mom, told him this. So science may explain what's going on out there, but it's never going to explain what's in here. So it really makes sense, you know. So right now I feel like, so I've been really through this contest that who's, smarter and who's stupider and uh, just because there are always some people who are smarter than you doesn't mean you are stupider than them but the problem is I'm really happier with all this new family and uh, I feel like I'm really used to this place, this country and American has made me faithful and I really appreciate that and uh, so the story goes on when we went to the mission trip at Bowie Mission. It was the last winter, right before Christmas. And uh, Josh just led us into this Bowie Mission, and we help homeless people. We deliver food, do some laundry. And that's the most amazing part is one night, uh, we just hang out, and we went to see the Freedom Tower. And uh, at that time, it was in the construction. Everything around it is just a little messy, but when I, when I saw that tower standing over there, I really have this thought that though there are thousands of people who are intended to hurting other people, there are millions more who are devoted to healing and aiding and helping people and love each other in this world. So the goodness of God, it's just sometimes a corner away, time and time again, around every corner, the goodness card is there to surprise you and make you happy. So that really gave me the strength and wisdom to live on in this place. And, uh, but the story wasn't end. I feel like a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of people shared about some troubles and accidents in their lives, and I like to do so. So after I came to America, of course, I bought a car, and uh, I got involved in two accidents, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that was after I was baptized. And uh, one time was last year, in the summer, I was lost in Dennis Spring, and there was a haunted car hit me in the darkness, and I was just fall with the car into a dip and uh, it was really terrible because I never been to that place before and uh, everywhere is dark and uh, I I can't see anything I couldn't see anything and uh, 
I don't know what to do. I was stuck in the car in a dip, and I was praying to God. Please, God, help me out of this situation. I, I was staying in darkness for about 15 minutes until I, I saw this guy, Miles. Uh, he was one of my friends. I went to BCM, and uh, it was such a surprise that he was having this party, which is next to uh, the spot of an accident, and uh, he heard the cracking, and he went out, and then about a dozen of people just showed up. I don't, I didn't even know them, but they helped me push the car dip, and uh, it was really amazing that I'm o- I was okay, and uh, the car was okay, not even scratch. I tell you that much, but well, it was very amazing that I was okay, and uh, that prayer really works. And there was another time, uh, but I will mention it later. So the issue is, uh, this year there's been some change in my life, really. Uh, so I just graduated in this August from Aoshu with my master's degree in quantum physics, and uh, I think I'm done with physics because <laughs> physics is like black magic. Just stay away from it. <laughs> so, uh, once again, there is a holy voice in my heart that I should move on. So, I just finished with my degree and I went to Lafayette at UL and I started a new PhD program in electrical engineering. Right now my study focuses on fiber optics, you know, just uh, communication network and uh, we just do the design and try to make the product more reliable and transmission more fast, uh, faster. So uh, the issue is uh, it was pretty amazing how it went well so smoothly that, I mean, it was just a fad, but in the, during this process, I got a lot of help, including uh, the legendary moving from Baton Rouge to, to, La, uh, from Baton Rouge to Lafayette. Uh, I remember that time uh, because I had so many stuff in, in, in my apartment, and I don't know what to do. I've never done that before. It's just like feels a big challenge for a foreign student to move all my stuff to Lafayette to my new apartment, so I asked help for Josh, and uh, he answered. And uh, I remember that day, it was very hot. We were all sweaty. And uh, Andy, Priscilla, Meg, and Josh, and all the good friends, they just came to the apartment. And a lot of our friends gave me presents and gave me good wishes, and... Uh, I'm really very grateful for that. And uh, then Josh and Megan and Andy and Priscilla and uh, all the good friends, they just took my stuff and uh, we drove several trunks and uh, moved everything to the apartment. So I'm really grateful for all you've done. Thank you for everything. So uh, there was another accident that happened. <laughs> uh, after I moved to Lafayette, it was like right in front of my apartment. I was, I feel like I've never told this uh, to everybody, but wow. 
Well, never mind. It was right in front of my apartment, and I was on this uh, South College Street, and I was trying to get across the street, and uh, there was a there was car and uh, hitting me from the back. It was a Mercedes C300, and it was tough, and uh, I I was like. I got involved in, the, in this terrible accident again, and the cop showed up, and I was in a messy because I, 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 was, I wasn't feeling very well. I that they have a test tomorrow morning and uh, all the messed up. So, uh, but the good thing is, once again, I was praying before the cop showed up, and I was praying that everything's okay. That, and uh, I was. The car is okay, not even scratch, not even hit by the Mrs. Three Three Hundred, and uh, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm not hurt, and uh, everything went well except my car insurance. They went up from <laughs> three hundred bucks to five hundred bucks around that, and uh, but it was okay. The life there was amazing. Lafayette is a very nice town with good Cajun food and music festival. So <laughs> I really enjoy my time over there. My new advisor has been very nice to me. And uh, I got some new friends. Most of them, they are co-workers and colleagues in the lab. Uh, but I really had a good time. And uh, I'm very grateful for that during this Christmas. And uh, I was able to step aside from my work and research and came to this, my second home, Baton Rouge, came to this wonderful church. I'm, I'm so glad that I got to see so many people here sitting over there. I feel like just before we moved from, uh, from BCM to the Grace, uh, I wasn't really feeling very good about that idea because uh, this place is kind of far away from where I live, but I'm, uh, I say this, I really see the great and beautiful picture around here, that this great church is growing, and there are so many faithful, good people sitting over there, and uh, we all love each other like a big family. So continuing with my story, I came to this great town, during the Christmas, and I'm glad I got to spend my Christmas day with Jacob and his wonderful family. And Jacob's dad is very funny, and uh, <laughs> and uh, also your sister, your brother, and uh, your, your brother-in-law, they're all wonderful people, and uh, we had a great Christmas uh, lunch, and uh, we gave presents to each other. This is actually my first time I experienced the uh, traditional American Christmas day with uh, American Christmas family and uh, it was it was uh, it was amazing and we watched a lot of very funny movies like uh, yeah and uh, uh, Chris and Jacob were in town so we watched Hot Rod and and Joe Dirt, and this is 40. <laughs> so we did all these crazy things, and I feel like I was, I was so young and alive. And uh, I can't thank you enough. 
my buddies. Uh, thank you for such an important part in my life. Thank you all today, whatever's sitting down there. Thank you all for witnessing. Thank you for listening. And uh, I really want to thank you, Josh, for being my perfect silence, my star. Uh, my name is Adam. Uh, 2000, I've talked a lot about this with my community group and the elders, but 2012 was a very interesting year for me work-wise. Um, I guess the first two-thirds of the year, uh, people are going to make fun of me because I'm always using percentages and fractions, but the first two-thirds of the year uh, was really, I guess, from a work standpoint, not a success, I guess is a nice way to put it. Um, had some, uh, I guess, work things, you know, uh, opportunities that were introduced to me that just bombed. Uh, but from the, the first part of the year, the Lord really showed me, uh, I think that's kind of like my theme for, if you ever talked to me, I probably said this over and over this year, but the Lord's always got a bigger picture going. And, that, and that's what I really saw the, uh, from the first two-thirds of the year, because from the, the, the work things that were just so, I guess, from the, like a financial standpoint or a, a work standpoint, not not good, I've had a lot of uh, relationships that developed from that that wouldn't have happened. And so the, the last part of the year was great, great for work and everything. But looking back at it, I, I wouldn't have traded those first two-thirds for anything. You know, I know a lot of times I get very short-term focused, very results-oriented. Um, but looking back at that, the, uh, the Lord knew exactly what was going on uh, whenever he placed specific people in my life that I believe, like, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, I think there's just a kingdom Im- uh, impact that, that he's had on me. Um, and not that I would want to stay work-wise in that first two-thirds of the year. Um, but uh, it was just something beautiful that the Lord just kept on pressing on me. And, again, I know, you know, people, whenever I talk to people, a lot of frustrations and stuff like that. But he just kept on pressing, Adam, there's a bigger picture going on. There's a, there's a kingdom picture going on. And that was something that, I, 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 you know, I hope that if there is more trials, which I'm sure there will be, that I'll be able to con- continue to have a, a big picture mindset because the Lord and his sovereignty is beautiful. Uh, and he's very intentional even in the tough times. And that's something that I definitely learned. So, All right. Last, last two. Hey, I'm Greg. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I've like E, I'm in the science program. Uh, I'm studying geology at LSU. And we do a lot of camping, a lot of field trips. And I was kind of nervous about all the time I was going to spend with my class community this year and away from here. And um, I was just kind of nervous about, you know, sticking true to myself and all that. And long story short, I got to spend seven awesome weeks with the geology community in my class, about 35 seniors, a um, week in the Big Bend and six weeks in Colorado, and God just has given me a great witness with them and has really made it easy to stay true to him, and 
looking forward to maybe two more years if I get into grad school of hanging out with those folks and really just loving on them. And uh, it's been really encouraging to have you guys standing behind me. Um, I view that as the mission field and um, just to see God's faithfulness in that and what happens when you stick by him. And our last one, Alicia Brown. I'll go ahead and introduce you. And I don't, I don't study science at all. <laughs> um, this year has been weird. Uh, not to, anyway. God has been very, very faithful to us this year. Um, the kind of theme for us has been faithfulness and um, freedom. Cars seem to be a theme. He gave us one in the spring. Not like gave us the money for one, but gave us one. <laughs> Fun. Um, to say that our family has been put through the fire this year is an understatement. Um, nobody saw it coming. We're all happy to see it go. <laughs> um, what I treasure most this year is freedom from this idea that next year has to be better than this one, and the next has to be better than this one, and surely this next year has got to be better than the one we just had. That is a really vicious, ugly cycle that I didn't even know I was caught up in until about mid-year, and, and when he spoke truth to that, it has changed everything. The idea that the root of that thought is that what I was chasing was ease and something easier and something that felt a little bit better and something that wouldn't be quite as difficult when all that I really need to chase is the presence of God and, and where the presence is, it's good. And so even though this year's been like unprecedented for the Chambers family in catastrophe, <laughs> um, healing has come at the end of it. And 2012 is over in two years, and 2013 is coming. And 2012 was good. Um, so to be able to stand here at the end of it and go, yep, it was good. And next year is going to be good, too, because God will be in 2013. Um, he's never, ever left, and he's made it more clear than ever this year that he will not be moved. The enemy can scream really, really loud, but Jesus roars a little bit louder. Um, and so to move into 2013 really confident that I will not be moved is the deepest blessing that I've been given all year. And, and thinking back on 2012, there's a, there's a verse that continues to come to mind. It's in 2 Samuel, and, and David is praying, and he says, Who am I and who is my family that you've brought us this far? And that's kind of that's kind of how we're praying the year out. Is I don't know I don't know who we are to you that you would have brought us through all of this unscathed. Is the most man the most precious side of Jesus? He's so smart and he's so creative and he's so gentle and he's so nice and he's really strong. <laughs> um, and there's nothing he can't do and there's nothing he won't do. Um, out of love for his kids. And so um, it was a good year. And 2013 is going to be real good, too.
let's uh, let's let's stand let's stand together as the band comes back. Um, you know that's there are some like traditions that we have as a church that uh, that I think you know when we first started out, I was kind of nervous about traditions because I think they can become just something that you do consistently just because you did it that way you know, in previous years. You do it because you've always done it kind of thing. And, um, but this is one of those nights that, that there's always like a nervousness with me. And this is the first one I've been at in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like why, why would we just invite anybody to come up and say whatever, whatever they want? Um, well, it's because we need, like these are the stories that we need. Like, we need to hear God's story told over and over and over and over again, you know. And so Brian needs to come up and share what they've gone through. Like, we, we as a community need that story, you know. We need to know that Jimmy Bible has been blessed by being here. We need Ye to come in and give us his year in review and constantly just point out the fact that God has, has kept him very near and to, to hear the story arc of him going from a stranger in a strange land to feeling like he has family here. Uh, we need to hear that stuff. You know, we need Thaddeus to come and, and share what he's been through. We need, we need Alicia to come and give us that encouraging word. Like, we need those stories. And a couple of years ago, um, we tried to institute like a weekly like segment like that, like a weekly testimony deal. And it, nobody would do it. Like we would beg people. We would rotate through community groups and say, just can you, each week one group supply us with one person to get up and share something that God has done. And it was like pulling teeth. Um, but we need that. We need these stories. And some of you need some hope right now because, because you're... You haven't gotten to the healing point yet. You know, you, you're not to the, to the rejoicing point of saying the Lord has done great things for me. You're kind of in that place where you're saying, I hope the Lord does great things for me. I hope he does it soon. And I think if we, if we let him, the Lord will encourage us wherever we are by hearing some of these things that have been shared and by singing some of the songs that we sing, and by thinking about Joshua and the Israelites and the transition that they were going through and the unknown that was ahead of them, and God saying, look, I've, I'm going to do this thing in just a minute, and I need you to pay attention to it, and then I need you to, to make a, a mark, and I need you to remember it, and I need you to hang on to it, because what's ahead, you're going to need to be really, really trusting of me. And so let's, let's be good stewards of this night of these stories that were shared and um, let's let's let tonight play the role it's supposed to play in all of our lives and so we're going to sing a little bit in response after I pray and let's let's let just let the Lord minister to us um, looking back on what's happened but also we're looking ahead to um, to what 2013 is going to hold uh, there's no telling in a year from now what the stories are going to be and some of you right now are in the middle of something that you're going to be able to testify about in a year at Brag on Jesus 2013. Uh, and that's kind of exciting to think about. So let's, let's let him care for us through one another and even through these songs that we sing in just a second. Let me, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you, for, thank you for the courage that we have seen tonight. Thank you for Martha and Timby and John Summers and everyone that has come up tonight and and shared their hearts and pointed back to you. 
Lord, we've seen your faithfulness on display, not only in their stories, but the things that we corporately have been through, your faithfulness in, in moving us here, providing a place for us to, to put down some roots and to grow. Lord, we've seen you do things among us that have just been phenomenal. I mean, you've, you've stepped us through grief and loss. You've stepped us through uh, people having children and learning how to be parents and learning how to be married. You've stepped people through times of discouragement and discontentment. You've led people out of depression and anxiety. Um, You've done tremendous things for us. And Lord, we just ask that that you would help us to to not pout because everything's not done. You know, to not be envious of those who've seen some victory, but to let their victory spur us on to love and good deeds. And so, Lord, as we sing, may this, may this be a time of, of hope. May we greatly anticipate what is ahead because we know the future. Our roots are in the future. Our branches are in the present. So help us to live forward thinking and with great anticipation as we celebrate you, our faithful, faithful God.